Woman's View with Amanda Dixon. A look at the news here at home and around the world, all from the perspective of women. Now, Amanda Dixon on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to A Woman's View here on KSL News Radio. What a treat it is to welcome these three incredible women to the program. Megan Holbrook is with me, Senior Vice President in the Office of the President of Zions Bank. How are you, Meg? I'm well, thank you. Also joining me is Francine Gianni, former Executive Director of the Department of Commerce. Francine, how are you, my friend? I'm well. Good to see you and happy to be with these wonderful women. And also joining me is Robin Scribner, co-founder and director of Outreach for Tech Moms. Hello, Robin. Hi, Amanda. It's always great to talk to you. So grateful for your time today. I know next week is is a big week. The Utah legislative session gets underway Tuesday. In fact, uh, we from KSL will be up there broadcasting live all day on that opening day. But I wonder when you look at the different bills that have already been proposed, and there are several hundred, I think, that have already uh, been numbered. What what are you watching for, Francine? I imagine that part of it is it's nice to not have to pay as close of attention as you did years ago. You you have no idea how excited I am to once again not have to participate. <laughs> um, you know, the one bill, uh, or a couple of things that I'm kind of interested in, the banning of cell phones in classrooms. And this is interesting because just the other night I had a conversation with a high school teacher. And she said that a lot of these young kids don't feel like they need teachers anymore because they've gone through the pandemic and they didn't have them then and they don't need them. And so when they're done with their work, they pick up their phones. And uh, the the people that I was with said, well, well, why don't you take the phones? And she goes, you know, those are thousand dollar phones. I don't want to be responsible for those phones. But the reality is, I think that um, there's no reason for cell phones in a classroom. You know, there are some parents that are upset that their kids can't be reached at a moment's notice. But that's what the offices are for, to get those, you know, connections made. I do think that learning decreases when phones are available for these young people in school. And they shouldn't be there. The other thing I'm watching is the water issue. Uh, We've got so many people coming into the state, so many developments. We've got a place down in St. George now, and, and, you know, we've got Californians coming in, you know, in the droves, you know, and, and I just want to, I don't know where the water is going to come from, you know, and so that's a really big issue and one that I think the legislature need to tackle. Boy, it's it's uh, it's nice to have all this snow we've had this week, even though I know it's, it's presented a lot of problems and issues for folks. But on that water issue, boy, it takes some of the stress off. Uh, Robin, what are you, what are you following this legislative session? So I want to second what Francine is talking about about the cell phones in schools. I'm the mother of six, and and my oldest kid was kind of the first one to have those cell phones as an early teenager. And I told her all the time, like. I don't know what I'm doing here as a parent. My, I can't ask my mom what to do, you know, all these other things. And I've seen huge issues. And I, the research is finally bearing it out. I could, I t- did tell my kids 10 years ago, these cell phones are bad for you. The social media is bad for you. And they're like, no, no, it's not. And the research is finally bearing it out. But I knew it all along. I think most parents did. It's just common sense. But I, I've been following the research from Jonathan Haidt and some of the work that he's doing about learning outcomes with kids in schools. Um, when they have their phones available. My husband actually teaches middle school down in Provo. And luckily in their middle schools and junior highs, they have an absolute no cell phone policy. It's so much better. And, And as my teenagers were telling me, oh yeah, we're allowed to just 
have our headphones in listening to music while the teacher is lecturing. I don't understand how we expect kids to learn with that type of distraction. And finally, the mental health crisis that we are seeing among kids can be directly tied to the cell phone use. So I think in terms of learning outcomes and our kids' mental health, which is terrible, I think this is a great idea. I fully support it. I'm really interested in see what we can do about housing. Again, when I've got you know three three kids who are adults now, three kids who are still at home, looking at their ability to afford a home over the next 10 to 15 years, I'll be watching those efforts from the governor and also from the legislators really carefully about what we're gonna do about affordable housing in the state. Amen to that uh, with, with kids coming up and wondering how they'll ever be able to jump into that market. Megan, how are, how are you focused? What are you looking at this year? Well, you have another hour. Uh, <laughs> Zions Bank does a lot of community work. A lot of the work that we do isn't just banking, though there are some probably interesting digital Bitcoin uh, bills coming up. But one thing I, I will say about the cell phone bill, somewhere along the way, the governor and the legislature have become the nannies and chiefs. And that kind of worries me because I think the parents are the ones who are in control. And then you elect an, a board of education and, and your teacher. And I agree about the cell phones in the classroom. They are an extremely valuable part of information for law enforcement, for safety and everything else, and education, yeah. because I look things up immediately. So I, I think there's, there's a problem with that. The other, uh, concern, and I'd be very interested to hear uh, what the others think, is DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Equity yeah. and inclusion. And this is another case where all over the country, there's been just discussions about it. And I think discrimination is wrong to, to start off with. And Francine and I have been uh, in the workforce where we were probably the only women for many, many years. And that was discriminatory, but now it's turned into an election issue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's also turned into lawsuits with law firms on if they discriminate. Banks need to be aware of diversity, especially if you're a federally charter bank like Zions is. So I don't think this is just an easy, easy uh, question or there are no easy answers on this. So I wonder if you can can diversity, equity and inclusion, I, I think is important. And I think many people would agree with that. Uh -huh. I think that isn't the question whether or not there should be statements that have to be signed to that effect prior to being hired. I mean, should I yes, have to explain? Exactly. How exactly. The, the governor of this state called it evil. Well, I'm sorry. Evil to me is Hamas attacking Israel. Evil to me is the Holocaust. Uh, DEI at best can be misguided. I would never use the word evil. I think that's a four letter word and it's very, it's very taken out of context. But you know, I, this, is, this, is a, this is an election issue and it, it depends on where you come down on it. So such good points. Thank you for that. We'll take a brief break and be back with my guests here on A Woman's View on KSL News Radio.